Hey guys, Young Ari Gold here. Uh, we are releasing our DJ Reader interview that me and Patrick did. We really jumped into a lot of different discussions. This was an amazing conversation with DJ, one of the better interviews that I've had uh, on Texans Unfiltered. DJ's such a great guy. We got into a bunch of different topics. I hope you guys really enjoy it. Make sure you guys go to patreon.com backslash Texans Unfiltered. Make sure you guys follow us on Twitter and Instagram at HoustonFBPod. You can follow me on Twitter at IamYoungAriGold. Make sure you guys go and follow Patrick at Storm, Texans Storm Report, Jordan at Texans underscore thoughts, and Dylan at Texans underscore draft. And with that being said, here is my interview with DJ Reader. Welcome to Texans Unfiltered. And here we go, here we go. A Houston football podcast for your Houston Texans. Seen you tweeting some things um, in support of, uh, I guess, removing the names that tie back to slavery with uh, yeah. has to do with Clemson. Um, why do you think it's so important to uh, rid our society of things like that? Uh, you no, know, I think it, it it just brings awareness, and also you you realize you're in a world of people that you know they don't they feel some people feel a certain way towards that type of thing, and um, you know a lot of people you know we have to look up. Especially people of my color, we have to look up to things like that and just be kind of like, ah, everybody else kind of sits there and, like, glorifies her. Maybe they don't know, not necessarily glorified, but, like, it's it's a part of history that you wouldn't necessarily want up there. If I think that if, if it were brought to light today, you wouldn't want those things up there. Like, you wouldn't, it wouldn't be accepted to have people up there who have done things like that. And, you know, people... People have been discredited for lesser, a lot lesser things. Like you know, it's just it's something that shouldn't be going on. You know, I, I definitely grew up in a place like being in the South, where you know people flew around with Confederate flags, and you know I went to Clemson, so my first class was in Tillman Hallway. So you know, like those type of things, they stick with you. You see them, and yeah, you say they don't matter because you kind of try to press through life, but you shouldn't have to just press through and like not think about. Them. Quick question, DJ, with with uh, with the protests and everything that's going on, um, it's an amazing thing to see. It's unfortunate that it took it took getting to this point for for there to be a process where people can protest and start to push forward with the change. Can you talk a little bit about the protests, and then um, can you talk a little bit about obviously me and Pat being white guys? How can we be allies? How can we use our voice? How can we use our platform? What can we do to support? black people in these trying times? The protest has been good, man. You know, um, I think, you know, people want to give the narrative and show, you know, the things like looting and things like that. But, like, it's just like anything else. You don't want to show all the positivity and just, like, you know, you got so many people in the world, across the world, doing things positive, just trying to stay in the right way. And just, I think it's good at showing unity and showing that, you know, we, this is the issue that we don't want to give up on as a country. We see it now. Um, and I think, you know, as as anybody, just you might not be able to understand exactly, but showing support and standing with us and when you just just like anything, like domestic violence, anything like that, like if you see something, say something. Don't don't just let it go on and, you know, call your call your friends out about it, like things like that. And that that'll help because it'll make you like it'll make people who are like you or people who see you or feel some type of way towards you know that. This is something that you care strongly about and you want to change it, so therefore they're going to start to wonder and, like, you know, maybe you can bring them on your side with you. 
have you seen, have you experienced any, any racism all in the NFL? Uh, no yeah. specifics, no, no names, no nothing like that. Uh, in the NFL, um, I mean, you know, I I grew up as a kid, black kid in the South, like in Louisville, North Carolina. Like it's, it's an everyday thing. Not necessarily saying, like, you encounter it every day. It's just something that you're aware of every day that it can happen. And, um, you know, I wouldn't say that I've seen things directly in the NFL. Um, you do notice trends, yeah. definitely trends that you notice. You know, um, I mean, that's up and down the sport. I mean, you don't – I mean, you don't got – what, you got, like, seven black coaches in college football? Like, what, what in the NFL? I don't, I don't even think you got, like, what, three or four? Yeah, I think it's two. Two, yeah, like you don't have many, or if you're a black coordinator, you kind of look a certain way. Like you don't, you have to be more clean cut. Like those, I mean, those, those things you see and those things happen, but you know, it's just trends that you notice. I don't know if I've directly, not, not that I would directly say no racist. Where I just felt like, you know, I felt like that. Yo, this is just because I'm black. No. Do you think that white players have more room for error than black players in the NFL? As far as with the coaching staff in the front office, I mean, uh, yeah, but that's like that's life, though. Yeah, it's unfortunate. That's like, yeah, that's sad. You know, um, and that's sad to say, but like that's just everyday life. So, yeah, but you know, that's that's how it is. That's just if we we got to change the America first before we can change sport in, in that aspect, and that's, that comes with everybody's thoughts. I think you know. I, I, It'd be unfair to say. I mean, there's definitely people who've got plenty of chances, but that's just in life. You know, I think you, you just got a little bit more room for error on that, and just just for it to be more accepting. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. Well, um, so during all this uh, with COVID and the lockdowns and everything like that, how have you been uh, staying in shape, both uh, physically and mentally? Because I know it, mentally this has been hard on a lot of people. Uh, you know, just working out. I got a place out here to work out. Uh, there's a couple guys over there. Um, and, you know, just mentally just trying to do something different. I hadn't been reading a lot, so trying to just get some books and been reading a lot and been reading a good amount, actually. So that's been good. And just creating better habits for myself. You know, this was a it was a weird time. You thought it was kind of going to end fast, and it didn't end as fast as you thought. And if you didn't find something to do with your time that was productive, like you were just going to lose yourself, I felt like. So I just try to keep evolving and find things that I could do and stay in contact with my friends, people I hit, hadn't hit up in a while, made sure I talked to them, reached out to them, seen how they were doing. So that, that's that's pretty much it. And then just trying to stay sharp mentally, like always try to do a little bit of work. Don't just sit here and get engulfed in the TV after I watch film or whatever. What books yeah. are you reading? Uh, I read the book Make Your Bed. Um, I read that I read one too. This book right now called Um, um Yourself. It's Um After Yourself. It's, uh, it's pretty good. It's, it's been pretty good. Just and then I'm probably gonna read the Phil Knight Dog, the Shoe Dog. Probably gonna oh. read that book next. And then um, Atomic Habits is is one that I, I think I'm about to start soon. I've never heard of that one. Yeah, it's pretty good. I, I, well, I've heard I've heard good reviews on it. I haven't opened it up yet, but I've heard it's pretty good. I told my, I've been telling a lot of buddies I've been trying to like, you know, just get better and in getting into habits. I know it's so tough. You always toss and turn, and you don't really know exactly how to break your old bad habits and how to start new ones and kind of stick to them and hold yourself accountable. So that's kind of like I asked him. He's like, I read that book. You know, it kind of helped me plan things out a little bit more. So I'm gonna see how it goes. Mm. 
Very cool. Yeah, the, the the make your bed one. I asked you about that one, and I ended up buying it. I'm not a big reader myself. Yeah. And uh, I sat down and I read that thing in two in two nights. So um, it was a great recommendation. It's a really simple good. read, and it's just, it's just it, it resonates with you. You know what I mean? Like it, it yeah it hits home in a lot of the personal stories that he's telling. Like you know. Yeah, it kind of opens your eyes. You you look yeah. at things in a different perspective, and you're just like, oh, okay, yeah, like yeah, exactly. So very cool. All right, so um. Free agency. Um, how did it go compared to your uh, expectations? I know you kind of were going into it um, with hopes of returning, um, uh, but mm. you know, I, I'm excited. You know, I'm, I'm excited where I landed. You know, I, you know, you obviously go in there a little bit different. You know, thinking that if you got drafted somewhere, you want to be here. You know, but you got to go in there with open eyes. You know, everybody's got to make decisions and. They felt like they did what's best for them. I, I had to do what was best for me, and that was good. You know, I, I'm excited where I'm at. Um, I'm blessed. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited with, with the team that I have. You know, I, the, the organization's put some good guys around there, so I'm I'm really excited about what's going on. So it, it was an interesting process, kind of stressful. You don't really know what's going on, and then all this kind of this stuff hit, and you don't know how serious this stuff is, so you're just trying to figure it out. You're just kind of in like a la-la land, and, not really communicating with a lot of people, so that was really the biggest thing. Um, and that was – that's how I went. You know, I just kind of chilled, hung out with my son, just waited. I knew something good was going to come, didn't know where it was going to be, but, I, you know, I was I was willing to go and, and be ready for whatever was going to happen. From fifth-round pick to highest-paid defensive tackle in the NFL – like no tackle, no tackle, not no tackle. Sorry, and no tackle. Sorry, sorry. I always, I always like stay either one, and it's always the wrong one every time. Well, um, yeah, no, it's tackles that are up there, dude. Yeah, that's yeah. Highest nose tackle. Um, <laughs> yeah, Aaron Donald's up there. Um, so, I mean, how does that feel? I mean, fifth round pick, you know, came into the league. Uh, had a great defensive, t- you know, or a nose tackle to learn from in Vince Wilfork, uh, who yeah. probably you learned a lot from. Can you kind of talk about that process and then just kind of where you're at now as far as, like, where you've seen your game mature and where you've seen it develop? Oh, uh, yeah, you know, college was an interesting process for me. Um, had a great time, great team, um, but, you know, did some things that might have pushed myself back a little bit. So just trying to – having to get that back on track and just kind of getting here is – when I when they drafted me when they did and I just kinda wanted to come here and never look back on the opportunity. Uh, just go out there and play ball. Like I enjoyed playing ball. I never was really thinking about I had a number of course in my head that I wanted to get to but I never was thinking about oh so like this this number was nowhere near that. I was just thinking about playing ball and being like, Oh well hopefully if I play good enough I can get to this like and, you know, I I can get like to my second deal and just play after play after play and so I think the biggest thing learned from Vince was just how to be a pro, uh, how to come in and just go to work, just how to play ball, that nose position, that, that nose guard position. You know, you you take something a little bit from everybody. And uh, I think what I took from him the most was how to play double teams, how to do things like that. You know, uh, you're going to have inconsistencies in your day. And it's kind of about how you handle them. I think everybody always handles them right, but it's kind of how you handle them and what your, is what your perspective is going to be on it, you know? Yeah. So to kind of build on that, um, Anthony Weaver, he was obviously a coach with you um, or a player. So how did how did he impact your development also? Uh, a lot. You know, I, I have a lot to weave. Just him, you know, keeping me calm in situations where I could have been very frustrated. Uh, believe me as a player to throw me out there at any time. 
um, you know, just being the coach that I needed at the time, especially to come in, being a former player, he's very calm. He teaches you. He's a teacher. They're, they're, he's going to be a really, really good defensive coordinator for him. I'm excited for those boys just to be in there and, and excited for him, you know, to, to expand upon his career and being able to actually show people, like, what I've been learning from for four years and what many guys have known. Like, you know, he's a really, really good guy. So I was just – I was excited. You know, I gained a – I gained somebody who I respect, and especially somebody who looked like me. He was in a position that, and he cared, and, you know, he's he's well on his way. He's well respected, and nobody has anything bad to say about him. So, that's that, you know, that 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 means a lot about a person. When you talk to him in any respect or any rim or any circles, like nobody has anything bad to say about him. With, uh, with, with everything that's gone on since you've left, Obviously, all the news and, and everything like that. Bill O'Brien's definitely been in in the media more often than not uh, than in the past. Um, I think I think there's been a narrative painted of him that I don't know if it's necessarily fair, but maybe it is. Um, can you talk a little bit about your relationship with Bill O'Brien and kind of who he is as a coach and who he is as a man? Because as a man, I think we learned a lot more about him the other day than mm. I think most people expected to get from a white head coach who talked about his privilege and the ability to use his platform. Can you just talk about Bill O'Brien and his, as a coach and your relationship? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I appreciate Coach OB and those guys for drafting me and, you know, just believing me to be out there. Um, he's a good guy. You know, I think he gets a tough time. He wants to win. I think I never argue. I never question whether he wants to win or not, Coach Coach OB definitely wants to win. I think, you know, people just, they get caught up in what they see and what they hear, and they don't. It's a sport, man, where you it, – it, it's emotional. You know, you, you can get easily caught up in emotions and things like that. And just that's what the sport is. So I don't – I've always respected OB and, like, was very grateful for him. And, that, yeah, the stuff that came out the other day, I've always known. Like, you know what I mean? Like, right, wrong, or indifferent, if you felt like he felt like some way about you as a player, but you knew that he wasn't that person. Like, he, he, he knew who he was and he didn't. He never has ever disrespected me when, in a way where I felt like there was a race thing. So he wasn't that guy. He just always knew, like, he was just a hard coach. He was tough on you. And, and some people, you know, he wins. We went to the playoffs three out of the four years I was there, so I can't complain about that. That was – that's what happens, you know. And you can – everybody in hindsight can say they would want to do things different sometimes. And maybe maybe you might, but, like, you're not out there coaching. It's tough, man. It's yeah. tough. It's tough to go out there and coach a bunch of guys and, you know, have all that pressure and just that's a tough job. You know, it's not a job that I would necessarily want. And so, I, you know, I can't I can't tell him. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like, I think he's a really good coach. I think he tries to win. And I think he does a, a good job of doing it. I think people – so, you know, I, I, my relationship with him is cool. We we, we spoke the other day. We um, had a good time. Um, I cracked a couple of jokes. So, we, we're, we're real too. I think it's funny. The the part about it for me with Bill is, you know, when, when Hop was traded, there was this certain story from Michael Irvin that painted a light of somewhat of a racist tone on Bill O'Brien. And I thought, we'll never know if that's true. That's neither here or there. But it was just, a, it was a narrative painted of who he was as a man. And then, you know, 
three months later you find out, and, and people should have known this prior to, but that, that's just not the man he is. And I think it's crazy how they can just <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think ever it would be a race problem with OB. I think it's more of a – like if you have a problem with OB, it's a person problem. Like not saying they, those two have a problem, but I'm saying right. like he ain't worried about that part. He is the – like he's just like – the, the other part is what he's what he's worried about, like the per, like just people, like you know what I mean. Like everybody has problems with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some people just, I mean, you know, people don't agree, and that's okay in this world. You don't have to always agree. All right, so you're going from you're going from Romeo Cornell, who is one yeah. of the you know most respected defensive minds in the NFL, to a um, a brand new defensive coordinator with Lou. So what are your what kind of, what are some of your expectations there? Um, I think you know I don't I'm going in with just wanting to learn and you know I think it's it's an exciting experience. I think what I've seen so far on film, you know, I really like I really like you know I like the way he explains things, the way it's broken down in the playbook. So I'm excited. You know, I got I was blessed to be able to play for a legend, Coach Cornell, and now I'm getting to go to Coach Lou. So I'm excited. You know, I've been getting I've been fortunate enough to be in coach by some great coaches, so I'm really excited to see where this can take my career. Another coach you're going to get to to work with is uh, is Nick Eason, who's a that Clemson alumni, won a Super Bowl, um, and he's worked with some you know, some big guys with Darrell uh, Casey, Al Wood, Daquan Jones. Um, was that kind of a contributing factor in, in joining the Bengals? Was you know how he you've seen him develop guys and uh, his history? Um, you know, I think knowing coming out, knowing him coming out when I was um, in school and things like that, just knowing who Nick was, uh, you know, I just that was kind of the thing. I was like, you know, I'm comfortable with him. I know who he is. You know, when when it kind of when they end up reaching out, and it was kind of like, then I was like, well, all right, well, I know who he is. Been around. I know the guys are on the D line. I out there in Cincinnati. So it was just kind of a comfortability thing. I didn't feel like I was going to meet a stranger. You know, and it wouldn't have mattered if I was, but this, this felt good that I was going to meet somebody who I had had a relationship with. I've known him since college, you know, and like since coming out of high school, you know, as Clemson does a good job of keeping people kind of close to him that in. Um, so I just, I just know who he was. I always kind of watched his game. And then, you know, taking a visit with me, he, he was working out taking a visit with me when I, went to, when I came out. So I was just kind of a lot of familiarity. So with uh, with your departure, you're leaving your best friend and JJ Watt. Is that is that an authentic relationship? Is that an authentic friendship? That from what we see, that is really who you two guys are. That like you guys really just have that bond. Yeah, you know that that's my boy. You know that's my friend. That's gonna be my brother for life. Um, as you can see, uh, yeah, you know we went to the funeral the other day together. Like that's my guy. I'm, that relationship is authentic as it comes. Um, He's going to tell me if I'm screwing up. He's going to tell him if he's screwing up. He's going to joke on me. He's going to give me shit all the time. And, that, and I appreciate that. You know, he's never not been that person. Like, he's never switched up on me in a way where he, he felt like, oh, I got to yell at DJ for doing this, or I got to do this for doing this. Like, he, we've already, I've always had a big respect for him. And like, I've, I guess I've gained that meaning. I'm glad I have because I've gotten a great friend out of it, and I appreciate it. That's awesome. There we go. All right, my bad. That's no, all good, man. Are you in Cleveland or are you in uh, Houston? 
I'm in Houston right now. Oh, okay. I was say maybe Cleveland just doesn't have those towers yet. You know, rural rural area compared to the H. <laughs> it's a little bit different. It's gonna definitely be a little bit different in Midwest City. My phone just got hot. I think that's what it was. I, oh. Not in my computer, but my phone. So I think it just got like over a little hot, a little warm. So talk about talk about what like what your time here meant. I, I think for me, and I shared this with you before we started recording. Um, you've been my favorite defensive player since you came in. I've just your film is just undeniable. Your talent, and and then I think the best part was your development. You just you continue to develop every year. It was, it was like you were just adding different tools to your toolkit, and you could just see it. You just flashed. Um, talk about your time here. Talk about what your favorite parts were. Talk about your least favorite parts, and how much you're gonna miss Houston. Uh, least favorite part probably how hot it is. <laughs> <laughs> just dying, but no, um, I think you know my favorite parts is. City kind of took me in, um, made a lot of friends here, connections, uh, people. Just I enjoyed my teammates a lot, honestly. Like, I enjoyed the teammates that I met, knowing some guys coming in, not knowing some guys, uh, making authentic relationships. Uh, I, we won a lot. So I, I really enjoyed that, winning. Uh, I think we won the South, what, three years? Yep. Two years? Well, yeah. So, I mean, after All that, right. uh, yeah. So that was cool. Um and just the grind, you know, the grind to get there, the appreciation of how much it takes in this league. Like, I learned how much it takes in this league to actually win, you know. It takes a lot, a lot to win. A lot of things got to go right. Um, I think the food here is amazing. Yeah, the city has great food. Uh, just people here are really nice. And I think that 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 was, like, a big thing for me. Like, coming to the city where people are, like, super nice. Um, it's open. You can do whatever. Um, it brought me a lot of blessings. You know, my child, I had my first son here while I was here. Um, How old is he? My son's seven months. Okay. So, while I was here, and um, so that just a lot of good memories, and this will be it's just a special. It holds a special place in my heart for sure. Um, didn't really have any. I mean, I guess the season we went four and twelve. That was the worst. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, anybody's gonna say that. I, yeah, I heard trash. <laughs> yeah, but. Uh, other than that, no, I think I don't think I had too many moments where I was like, you know, I wasn't. There's definitely some non-light moments, but there were definitely were no moments where I was like, oh man, this sucks. No, it was amazing. It was a good time. It was amazing. Hey guys, Young Ari Gold here. Make sure you guys go to Patreon.com/backslash/TexansUnfiltered. The Texans Unfiltered team has worked really hard to revamp the Patreon page to make sure that we give you guys exclusive access to the podcast and the YouTube stream. We recently did five new tiers to fit everybody's budget. If you're looking to get a little bit more out of Texans Unfiltered, want to get weekly content, want to have uh, exclusive access to our, our merchandise as we drop it, want to have a monthly podcast that is curated by you and given specifically to you, there's multiple options to fit everybody's needs. As you guys know, four years ago, this started as a hobby and a passion. And over the last four years, it's really grown into something more. We have such great listeners and such loyal supporters. Now we're asking for a little bit more. As we push to make this a full-time job, we're going to need some help from our listeners to give you guys the best coverage of the Houston Texans. I was recently given press credentials for the 2021 NFL season, and we'll be covering the team in training camp and also on game day. I'll be the one at the podium asking the questions. That'll give you guys access to let me know what questions you want asked. There's so many different things that we can do through Patreon. 
and we really want to make this a full-time job. This passion and hobby has really turned into a dream, and for that dream to be executed and reached, we're going to need some help from you guys to get there. So make sure you guys go to patreon.com backslash texansunfiltered. Every little bit helps, and we will make sure that you guys get everything that we promised on the Patreon. Perfect segue into food and barbecue, Pat. Yeah, so um, a couple people, have been, when uh, we were talking yesterday, and they, uh, they want to know how you got the name barbecue. Uh, first of all, I love barbecue. Second, uh, Shaq Lawson. There's a, I think there's a, there's a kid, DJ Jones, who plays for the 49ers. His dad owns a restaurant in Clemson and things called Big Days Barbecue or like in that area and down there in that area. And Shaq used to always say, man, you look just like that sign up there, bro. You look just like barbecue, bro. It's like, and so that just kind of stuck, you know, um, even just saying me and DJ looked alike at the time, so it just kind of stuck. And that was just, that that was, it went, if you know anything about Shaq, Shaq say something, he's going to stick with it. Like, he going to say it over and over and over and over until, like, it was said so much, everybody just kind of stuck with it. So it's just, it's, it's now barbecue. Everybody calls all my homeboys. All my friends, it's, it's funny. If I if I see somebody else, that's the first thing they say is that I know. That they know me either from one of my friends, or they heard it in passing, and they just couldn't forget it. They were like, oh, that's stuck. Yeah, they had to. <laughs> What's your so, favorite barbecue uh, spot in Houston? Yeah. Pinkerton's. Oh, interesting. Oh, right now. Hey. Oh, look at that. Free plug for that's them, my huh? <laughs> that's, my, that's my dog. Very cool. Grant's a good guy. Um. There's some good places though, but that's that's my favorite part place. Uh, they got really good bread pudding on the dessert. The candy paint ribs are amazing. Uh, just, I could talk about them all day. <laughs> all right, so um, with the uh, the recent LSU and Clemson rivalry, is there going to be uh, you expecting some trash talk between you and Joe Burrow? No, uh, no, they got. I mean, they won one. We'll see if they get there. They'll keep going. We'll see. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It is what it is. I, I know. Nah, they had a good team last year, man. They were really good. Uh, I don't think I don't think I got anything. I mean, most of their success was on him and the, the way they brought, came around him as a as a player and believed in him. So um, I won't really. I won't, I won't get on too much. I'm sure if we get back there. I mean, well, I'm sure if they get back there. Uh, I won't talk about it. We'll, you know where we'll be. We'll be. Um, we'll talk about it then. But we got to make sure they get back there because, you know, we'll, we'll be sitting there. We'll be there. Any, any chance that in practice and during training camp that you just happen to not notice them wearing a red shirt and, you know. No, it is. Right. It is. Um all right, so obviously you're going from, from Deshaun Watson to Joe Burrow. Talk about Deshaun and just what you've seen from him since he's been here and how excited, how, how bright you think his future is and how bright this team's future is with him at the helm. I think, you know, the sky's the limits for Deshaun, man. I think we all see that. I think he does things that are so amazing, and the competitor in him is just special. Like he did the will to not give up and not give up and want to, want to win, want to take that strike, want to be that guy. He wants that person. He wants that heat every time. He shows every time that he can show up. Might not always go his way, but he's going to show up. And 
you can appreciate that, especially from a young kid who, you know, did everything that he possibly could have done, like had to do, come out in college and still wasn't like, you know, what I mean, the first quarterback take, you know, just this random stuff, you know, just always kind of working very, very hard. He's a winner. He's proven it since he was younger. And I mean, I knew when he went out there and played against South Carolina, torn ACL, beat it, beat it, helped us win for the first time in a long time. You know, he's that kind of kid. And it means a lot when the head of you, like, the person who's supposed to be leading your organization is that kind of person. It's going to mean a lot. Everybody wants to follow behind that, and everybody wants to, you know, fall in line with that. And, you know, and he's got such a cool vibe, too, that it may, it's hard not like Deshaun. He's got such a cool vibe, such a good person. It's hard. It's tough. Yeah, yeah, good luck. If you don't like Deshaun Watson, you're crazy, dude. Like, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so you think, uh, you think what – the you know the change of Tim Kelly you know start calling the offense. Do you think Deshaun's gonna have a little more control and input and things that are going on? Or I don't know. Mm, I don't know. I don't even know how that works. I don't. I can't even tell. You. I probably hadn't thought about the offenses out of balls since like sophomore year of college. Like even what they got going on, I don't even think about it. Because I feel like if I think about it, then I'm quick to judge about it. Like if I don't think about it, if I don't even know what they got going on, I can't judge. All the places didn't work or. Something like that. I don't want to know. Makes sense. Makes sense. So before we get out of here, uh, what would be your last message to your Texans fans as you, you, you make the move to Cincinnati? Training camp is is in third week in July. Any any anything that you want to say to Texans fans? I just appreciate y'all. Um, and shit, I'll see y'all this year. I'll be back. I'll be around. Uh, it's gonna be the same thing on the field. Different jerseys though. Week 16, right? Yeah, week 16. Yeah, so we'll see you. Um, I I appreciate y'all, man, and everything that y'all, the Texans fans have done for me. Um, I still will be in Houston all the time. I pretty much call Houston home. I'm here a lot. So um, I'll be around and just be grateful for this city. Um, And y'all stay behind. Those team, man, they need y'all. Those guys need y'all, and... I just, I'm honestly just this city in general. Just the the last couple of weeks have really the way this city's kind of rallied around. Not only just the issues at hand, but the family and just everything. It's just been a blessing. Uh, so I really appreciate the city, and you know, it's, it's, it's been really important to me. It was really important for me to come to a city like this, where you got so many African American officials and our mayor is black, and people who look like me are in positions of power. It gives you it gives you a sense of that you can do it in other ways besides just playing ball, being a rapper, and things like that. Especially when you see it live, you see it firsthand. So um, I'm very appreciative of just this city in general. So I, I definitely wanted to leave them with that. So from a rapper perspective, since you mes- mentioned it, who's your, who's your favorite rapper right now? Mm. Um, and don't say honestly, little baby, like he ain't missed it. Like my favorite overall rapper is probably J Cole, but like oh. as far as James is so deeper in love with you. Oh. You, I knew we were connected, bro. I knew it. I knew it. Oh, oh, I watched it, bro. He's they, people just sleep on him so much. They just don't seem to understand his storytelling ability. I mean, his like that. That's that, the thing. That, oh, his his mental, the way he puts things, and it's for it's for a deeper thought, but it's also like. Also, for people who are on surface level, and I, I appreciate it, he breaks it down for people who, 
you got to be able to understand in so many ways when you listen to his music, and it, it makes so much sense. Uh, but I think uh, as far as, like, young guys out right now, like, just popping, like, Lil Baby's dope. I think not for the fact that he's, like, saying stuff that you want to hear, but, like, he's giving you what his life experiences is right now. He's letting you know and kind of the, the way that, like, every – the way everybody else kind of talks about nothing, he tells you his life experiences. So yeah. it's in that same, it runs in that same line, but he's actually telling you stuff. So it's been kind of cool, like watching him evolve, listening to him learn different stuff. So obviously his experiences are getting more. So I've been enjoying that. And, um, I'm also a big Gerbo fan. I've been, I've been with Gerbo since I was like 17. It's just so good. Like, I, I, don't, I, I like him a lot. I like his rapping a lot. It's very, really evolved. I mean, you can tell he's been working with Fab a little bit, helping him with his punchlines and things like that. Mm-hmm. But mainly, honestly, like, I like him so much because he's real and I buy his music because I, I want to support somebody like him, you know, watching his story from when he was a kid. Like, I don't want, I don't, the old Jericho is definitely evolving to a new person. I never want to go back to the other person, so I always support him. Favorite Culver's on the spot, literally. Ooh, favorite cold verse. Um, Mine sacrifices, I think, now. Um, what do you say? Uh, I'll put you on the spot. He said, no, he said, I'm trying to think of the song, but he said, um, I love my brother deep. Um, you know, he said something about, uh, what did he say? I can't think of the name of it. He, um, January twenty eighth. No, he, it's it's a newer song. It's um, not the hustle on the not the hustle remix. Oh, with Kyle. Yep. he said he talks about you guys just talking about his brother, and he said you know Mars was skinny, but my brother used to hug the block. Remember days screaming out at the cops? Didn't know you was serious. I was Mars was just for props. That was kind of like when he said that. Like it just kind of resonated. Like you know, what I mean you. As a kid, like you see things, and, like you you hear people saying stuff, and you just kind of do it. But you don't really know that they on that. Like people living like that, like they on that. Like that's how they like that's how they go. And, and you find yourself, you know that that whole just that whole song, the way he talks about, you know, um, how he sound like. I rather I never admit it. I'm trying to get my brother acquitted. Like things like that. You know what I mean? Like things you don't know that that's what people are going through in positions of power and like. They going through the same thing that you're going through, and like, no matter how much money that you got, like, it can't save you from certain problems. Yep. And so, like, that's why I think that he does good. Like, that's why I like him so much because he puts it real like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. So those are probably like two of my favorite verses. Just as I've gotten older, when I was younger, probably some different J Cole verses. But as I've gotten older and I just understanding life more and having more experiences, those two really resonate with me. I think Grown Simba is probably my favorite Cole song of all time. Oh, man, yeah. He, he goes in. He's like, smoking. Yeah. Um, Friday Night Lights, man. He, Great. Oh, what's Dead Presidents. What Dead Presidents, uh, False Prophets. Oof. He goes crazy off. Everybody dies. Every, now, that one. Hard. Everybody dies. is like when, when everybody dies, you realize, like, 
people might want to leave J. Cole alone. Like, he's not playing with them. Like, they, I know. <laughs> if they really want to get on this, like, he can really go on this. And, like, I think everybody kind of chilled out. They was like, you know what? <laughs> I need yeah, to step my game up, man. I can't tell you all of any of his songs. And it was a subtle flex, too. That was the best part. Yeah, it, wasn't it was a like It was like just a little like, all right, now y'all pull up if y'all want to. Like, I'm ready for all smoke. If y'all want this, like, I'm here. I'm standing here. I ain't going nowhere. I'm not worried about it. I'm here. Yep. I'm all for it. I, mean, I, I think, honestly, like, you could you could tell how my bad Netflix thing just went crazy. But um, <laughs> you know, like, Cole's level of competitiveness and where he was at when in that American Gangster song was him and Kendrick on Jeezy's song. Oof. And he bodies everybody. He, he does. bodies them. He's from the future, and he kills them. Kills over everybody. Like it's like they shouldn't have let him go. They shouldn't have let him go last. They should have just let whoever go for. They should let him go first or whatever. Like he bodied it. I was like, it's crazy. So I read that. I read that K Dot decided to not actually put an actual sixteen on it and only went with six bars because of Cole's verse. I mean, that's that's. That's probably factual. I don't want to try Kendrick like that. Like he wouldn't come competitively, but like he would. It's kind of like it's kind of like one of those speeches. Like when you somebody give a speech like that, Nate. I mean, like somebody give a speech in front of you, you're like, well, I have something to say. I'm gonna say it in private. I'm gonna just cool. This is kind of one of those things. Like I and I can only imagine like they're not doing that in person. So he got sent that, and he's just sitting there listening to it, probably trying to come up with something. He's like. Man. I'm gonna let him have it. That's probably what I'm gonna do. I'm just let him have it. I'm yeah. gonna let him have it. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, cool. Uh, Pat, you got anything else? Um, what's your favorite NBA team? Um, I don't have one right now, man. I, I guess I would go with the Thunder, the OKC Thunder. I was a Seattle SuperSonics fan, and I'm a big KD fan, so I kind of travel with KD. He's the reason I started being a Supersonics fan, you know, besides, like, GP and all those guys. And then he came around, so I had, like, a real reason. Um, then they went to OKC, so I went with them. So I had been with them, and they got really good. So I had a couple players to cheer for, and then now all of them are gone. Everybody who I cheer for in OKC is gone. So I don't know. Does that mean, like, I need to leave my team, or do I got to stay loyal to you? Nah, you go to a new team. Go to the Lakers. Um, no, just no, no, I'm not going to them. I'm not going Thank to them. Thank you. Thank you. I guess I'm going to go with the Nets. I like Kyrie. Okay. I like Katie. So I, I'm going to go with the Nets. Oh, I man. Better than Boston. I, I don't like Kyrie anymore. anymore. You don't like got, Kyrie anymore, man? Nah, man. The way, he, the way, you know, the whole thing with Boston, I'm a Celtics fan. And then I'm talking, yeah, I'm here to stay and all this stuff. And then. He's a very interesting person. He is. He's, he's different. Yeah. He definitely could. I can see how he could maybe rub some people the wrong way, but. Dude, he's so good, though, man. He is <laughs> for sure. Yeah, no, I can't, I can't knock his talent for sure. He's just at the rim, hand, bro. Like with that basketball in his hand, it's crazy. I'm like, geez, like it. And I don't know if to say that. Like it doesn't look like not saying he doesn't look crazy athletic, but like it's not like Kyrie like jumps super high. He doesn't seem super fast, but like his handles are crazy. And the way the spin that he's able to put on the basketball is ridiculous. Yeah. Like. I think he's the best Crazy. finisher at the rim. I don't think I've seen anybody finish at the rim the way Kyrie does. Not not below the rim, no. I've never seen anybody with the way he comes up with those finishes. No, I've never seen anybody like that. And like I said, it's not like he's playing like he's not jumping crazy out in the air. He's not no. playing super above the rim. Like to me, you would think, oh, 
he can float in there and then then spin it off the bat like. But I don't know, man. T Mac, I was watching some T Mac highlights though. The T Mac used to have some crazy finishes. Mm-hmm. T Mac was really good. I'm a Kobe yeah, guy from LA. So but they also they all could jump super high. So like you get how they had like crazy finishes where they're hanging in the air forever and then switching hands, throwing like when Kyrie does it, it's just like it's so crafty. Yeah. That's a good word. It's like crafty. Yeah, it's so crafty. He makes the layup almost look uncontested by the way he puts the spin or where he places the ball. Yep. Like he does like it's never like he places it out here and looks like, oh man, like that wasn't even a contested layup. Like it looks so effortless. I'm a big fan of uh, the young kid they got in OKC now too, Shy, 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 Shy SGA. He's a, he's a baller. That's right. I'm talking to Shy. Shy, oh yeah, oh you you need to watch my boy. My boy's a walking bucket. Shy, Georges Alexander, or however you say it. Interesting. Bucket. Okay. Walking bucket. Doing him now. Um. Well, awesome. Well, DJ, thank you. We really appreciate it. Um, yeah, thank you. Know, thank you guys. Nothing but nothing but blessings and and prayers to you and your family during the move. And um, you know, good luck in in Cincy. And um, we'll see you week sixteen, obviously. But just appreciate you taking the time. Loved this episode of Texans Unfiltered. We'd love for you to be a Patreon supporter. Your support allows us to provide you with the best Texans podcast possible. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at HoustonFBPod and everywhere podcasts can be found. And join our community on www.texansunfiltered.com or on Discord at Texans Unfiltered. Thank you for listening. Until next time.